Hey, soccer fans, this is Nick for Sons of a Pitch Soccer Central. We are back once again with our Major League Soccer weekly recap video here on Monday, September 19th. We're going to be looking at all the action from MLS from this past Tuesday, going way back to the 13th, all the way up through yesterday, Sunday the 18th. In the first half of the show, we'll recap those scores and get into a little bit of news. And in the second half of the show, we are going to look at potential playoff matchups and what I think might shake out. Spoiler alert, it's going to be a lot of chalk. Anyway, let's kick that intro into high gear and we'll get into some chat on the other side. Welcome back once again, soccer fans, to Sons of a Pitch, Soccer Central's weekly MLS recap. And I'm your host, Nick, here. On behalf of Mike, welcome again to Sons of a Pitch, Soccer Central. We are looking at all the matches over this last week and how they are going to impact the playoff seeding and our own playoff predictions as we get into the final two matches of the season. Now, the playoff race is far from over, despite the season being nearly done itself. Before, let's take a little housekeeping break here. Just remember, we want to thank everyone who supports our show, whether it is just coming in, tuning in, subscribing to the podcast, or a big thanks to our sponsor, Skira Icelandic Spring Water, available at your local 7-Eleven. And if you want to support the show, if you want to support our channel, all you got to do is click an ad, subscribe to the channel, like a video, find us wherever you get your podcast, and just subscribe and download. Basic, basic stuff that anyone can do. If you really like what we do, leave us a super chat or a super thanks here in these YouTube videos. And if you want to be a part of this show, if you want to be a part of the conversation more than just chatting week in and week out, reach out to us on Twitter at SOP Soccer or via email sonsofapitchsoccer at gmail.com. And we can discuss how you, your company, or anyone else you know can help sponsor our show and be an official partner of SOP Soccer. Now, with that in mind, let's get into the matches. And we got Connor Knows Soccer jumping in the chat already. It's good to have you back, my friend. We're going to talk a little Columbus Crew. I know it's not uh, anything that you want to dive into, but we're going to touch on it, Connor. We, we'll make it painless for you, our, our resident crew fan there. But our first match day, Tuesday, September 13th, going back, Montreal hosting Chicago, kick things off. Montreal with a Big 3-2 victory. I had said Montreal does not look like a uh, like a trophy-winning team, like a contending team, despite the fact they're sitting second in the in the Eastern Conference. But coming back from 2-0 down to Chicago, that might make me change my mind just a little bit. I still think they give up too many goals early, but they can at least overcome it. Now, Chicago is no New York City, is no Dallas, is no LAFC or Philly. But still, it takes a good team to come back. Inter-Miami then defeats the Columbus Crew 2-1. Minnesota United draws LAFC 1-1. Houston gets three on New England and defeats them 3-1. And Sporting Kansas City also with three goals in a 3-0 defeat of D.C. United. Now, looking at these matches, there's a couple takeaways that I had from this, these Tuesday night games, right? The first one has to do with the crew. They don't look like a contender. First of all, they're already out of the playoff picture now with with 
these losses, these last week, this last week, they are now sitting in eighth place and outside looking in. But really, the bigger story is another late goal costs them two points. And Miami jumped them in the standing. So we're talking about a six-point swing here, right, between Miami and Columbus. Columbus should have treated this like a playoff game. And even had they, they really got to work on seeing these games out. Columbus has now given up the most goals in the league after the 75th minute. And I don't even think it's that close of a margin. Maybe a handful with New England, but then after that, not even a close margin. Now, this late goal, it was class from Iguain, but look at the Columbus's defense. They slack off and give space to Pazuelo, who threads a through ball to, to Iguain, who makes a darting run. Quick feet, good for him. Those old legs look young again, but Columbus's defense was sleeping, and then he just finds the perfect opening over the shoulder of the keeper for the victory. Also, the crew in their next match, and we'll get to that one in a little bit against Portland, give up a 95th minute equalizer. Yeah, if they had only held off those two goals, I think they'd be maybe fighting for sixth or fifth place right now. Yeah, not a good look for the crew, these late game collapses. That was my big takeaway, but they still can make up for it, right? Their three games left are against Red Bull, at Charlotte and at Orlando. So that's those Charlotte and Orlando games are going to be huge to keep Charlotte below them and maybe try and catch up with Orlando and possibly jump them into the seventh spot, depending on Orlando's results. So the crew still have a chance, but they got to tighten up the defense the last 15, 20 minutes of the match. Now getting into our Wednesday results, September 14th, Orlando hosts Atlanta and loses one nothing. Orlando, this was your chance. You were back, right? Like, you you had the real big moment in the U.S. Open Cup. Then you fell flat on your face against Philly, five to one. Then you come back and get a, a huge win against TFC, and then, uh, and then now you're you're back down against rival Atlanta, one nothing. Real tough break for Orlando here. I thought their offense was going to get back on track, but we'll, we're not done with them in this show. Next matchup, New York City hosts Atlas of Liga MX in the Campeones Cup. And for those of you who aren't too familiar, we have the defending MLS Cup champion against the Liga MX champion. As you know, Liga MX has two seasons, the fall season and the spring season, the Clausura and the Apertura. And the winners of those two seasons play each other to be the champion of champions. Now, last year, though, Atlas won both of them, so they were the champion, and New York City beats them defeats the champion of Liga MX, and the, and the MLS retains the Campeones Cup. Rounding out Wednesday, Austin defeats RSL 3-0, gets back with some goal scoring. Colorado over San Jose 2-1, and Vancouver blanks the LA Galaxy 3-0. couple of takeaways from Wednesday. Got to start with this Galaxy team, because I don't know what to expect from them week in and week out. Just when you thought they're getting better, and Ricky Pooch is coming in and playing well, they do this. Here's what blows my mind. The Galaxy had 68% possession, and that's not all. They passed 699 times. They completed 699 passes. That is insane, and it was all over the field. It wasn't like they were just playing tiki-taka in the back line with no pressure. And on top of that, they completed 90% of those passes, and yet only had two shots on goal with an expected goal of 
terrible, terrible by the Galaxy. Even if they make the playoffs, look, anything can happen in a one-game playoff, but I don't expect much from Carson City here, the Carson City Galaxy, the LA Galaxy, right? They they just don't have it right now. I'll give Vancouver credit. They really played physical. They dominated the duels and the tackles and took advantage of their opportunities. Good for Vancouver. It's just too bad that they're not going to make the playoffs because they are starting to actually play pretty well. The other headline here is New York City winning the Campiones Cup. As we mentioned, great win for New York City. It's players and especially for manager Nick Cushing, who's been on a, a bit of a hot seat. It's been warming up as you know the team has struggled mightily since he's taken over. Granted, they lost Tati Castellanos, but they shouldn't be struggling this much. They should have locked up a playoff spot by now. They're, they're going to get in, let's be honest. But they should have clinched, just like a couple other teams in the East. Now, the talk about this game was New York City could really use it as a way to catapult themselves into some late-season form and build some momentum going into the playoffs. I disagreed with that logic because if you are going to play a starting lineup midweek and then have to roll guys out over the weekend and make a strong push to end the season, usually that burns out legs. But, hey... New York City comes back after this match and gets a 2-0 victory over their rival Red Bull. So maybe I was wrong, but we'll see when, when the playoffs roll around. Now, just as a reminder, there has been now four iterations of the Campiones Cup starting in 2018. Uh, Toronto lost to Tigres in that one, but then three straight MLS victories. Atlanta United defeats Club America. It was canceled in 2020 due to the pandemic. Columbus Crew defeats Cruz Azul, and then New York City defeats Atlas. We also have Brother BKL in the in the chat, Hani Mukhtar's edits in the chat, and Connor No Soccer dropping in with some Liga MX knowledge. Tigres is in a playoff spot for now in the fall season. Vamonos Tigres. All right, man. I gotta pull for Monterey. I think that's where uh where I've enjoyed watching them play the most in Liga MX. But Tigres, always a good club. Great to see Hani Mukhtar's edits. He says Orlando is finished. Well, they come back with a good win, but I like I mentioned in their profile a few weeks back, I think they were just a product of their schedule. Maybe they are finding their offense. Maybe the U.S. Open Cup gave them a little bit of extra something, you know, like from Space Jam, Mike's Secret Secret Sauce or whatever it was. Uh, who knows? But I, I thought they were washed up, but they just keep surprising. Anyway, Brother BKL also says we're now MLS Cup champs and Campeones. MLS Cup champs from the past and Campionis Cup champs in the future. We used every player without Tati, thanks to Nick Cushing's tactics, just like Pep Guardiola. That's some big praise, brother BKL, comparing Nick Cushing to Pep Guardiola. But again, City Football Group, there's a certain style, the way they want to play. And as long as Cushing doesn't mess with it too much, I think NYC's talent is good enough to pull it off and, and make some noise in MLS. Let's just hope, again, he doesn't mess with it too much. And we've got Angus McCorder jumping in the chat. Hey, hey. Good to have you with us. We're just getting into this weekend's matchups now. Saturday, September 17th. We got some good ones here, guys. New York City defeats Red Bull 2-0, as we mentioned. Atlanta and Philly play to a scoreless draw. And this one really stood out to me because I know we were talking with some people on our betting picks and predictions chat uh, we put that video out Wednesday nights, and we have some great conversation in the comment section. A lot of people were putting this one in the over and looping in Philly to win as part of a parlay. So 
to see them go scoreless was absolutely wild. And let's pull up some of the stats here and see if we can't figure out if the stats kind of reflect what all of your eye tests believed as you were watching the game here. Because I expect this to be a sloppy game if they're, if it was 0-0 for Philly and Atlanta. So as we can see, Atlanta had about 60% of the possession. 16 shots, 6 on goal, so not bad offensive numbers from Atlanta, which you expect to a certain degree at home. And it looked like Philly was content to kind of sit back and absorb pressure and try to counter, looking at 30, 325 passes to Atlanta's 484. But one of the stats that I've noticed really kind of helps is the passing percentages by area of the field. So if you look in the final third, Atlanta has some average numbers in, in the 70%. That's what you would expect when you start to see some higher shots and higher shots on goal. And we'll see the expected goals in a second. But Philly's 62% showed that they really were trying to – either they were really sloppy, which I don't think that's the case considering they seeded possession. I think they were just counterattacking, so there weren't a lot of opportunities to play the ball and to, to link up in the attacking third. And now if we look at the XG, yeah, Philly point two. XG might have been one of their worst offensive games of the season, if not the worst offensive game of the season. But Atlanta will be happy with the draw. Technically not out of the playoff picture yet, but it just it feels like they've been irrelevant for a while when it comes to the playoffs, right? It's been more about the off-field stuff and is Diego Almada the new Joseph Martinez kind of talk, right? Anyway, they got a couple more games left. We'll see what happens there. Next matchup, New England falls at home to Montreal 1-0. Again, Montreal just grinding out results. Orlando, 4 nothing over our own Michael Yami's TFC. This was a wild, wild offensive performance for Orlando. This was their first four-goal performance in MLS. They did have that 5-1 victory over Red Bull in the U.S. Open Cup. But this is their first four-goal performance, their highest-scoring game all season I think they had maybe two or three three goal performances. Uh, but Orlando, if they've found their offense, they might just be good enough to win a couple games in the playoffs here. The other thing of note with TFC, while Lorenzo Insigne did play, um, some news broke that he and his wife were mourning uh, the loss of their unborn child. Uh, I believe there's complications with pregnancy. And so he had taken off the last match i believe and probably was not in a right headspace to get back into this game and so we feel for him and his family that being said there's still enough talent on that tfc's offensive side of the ball where they should be able to find the net once at least but nope we see where their problems are in toronto and that is on the defensive side our next game chicago falls two to three to charlotte and uh, you know what? I think I misspoke earlier. Charlotte comes back with three goals against Chicago. That Montreal game, I think, was a bit more of a back-and-forth affair. So my apologies for, for misspeaking there. Charlotte comes back, bangs three in in the second half, two from Carol Swiderski. And we're going to hear more from our good friend and longtime supporter of the show, John Donovan, at the halftime break with his analysis of this match from the Chicago Fire perspective. But if you look over on MLSsoccer.com, Tom Bogert writes, Three big questions for every team once they're eliminated. And his Chicago one says, should they build around Shakiri, playing into the narrative that he might be a bust considering his high price tag? Who's coming in on defense? Which is kind of funny to think because 
Tehran and Amsberg both developed into fine center backs alongside Rafa Chihos. I'd tend to look more at defensive midfielders as well as maybe an extra wing back. However, the last question is Chris Brady, their youth backup goalkeeper, ready to take over for Gaga Slonina. So a few good questions. We'll keep a look on that in the, in the uh, offseason. But the other big fire news is they signed homegrown attacking player Brian Gutierrez to an extension four years through 2026 and a club option for 2027, which is awesome because he has been one of the bright spots for the Chicago Fire this year. Wrapping up Saturday's matches, Kansas City wallops Minnesota 4-1. to Austin and Nashville played a 1-1 draw. And considering all the buildup, oh, it's Triusi, it's Mukhtar, it's the two of the three highest scoring teams in the West, this and that. A 1-1 draw was not what people expected. And I think a lot, a few people lost some money betting the over on that game. RSL falls 2-1 to to Cincinnati. Vancouver, like I said, on a bit of a hot streak to end the season, but I, I don't think it'll it'll last. They do defeat Seattle 2-1, to and Seattle's playoff chances are hanging by a thread. And then San Jose and Dallas draw 1-1 to wrap up the Saturday games. On Sunday, just three matchups. Columbus draws Portland 1-1. As we mentioned, Portland somehow gets a 95th-minute equalizer. D.C. falls to Miami 3-2. Miami's getting hot. They're in the playoff picture now, I think, sitting in that seventh spot. Iguain's looking a little confident. He's looking like the guy some people expected when he signed to the league. But also of note, Christian Benteke, formerly of Crystal Palace in the EPL, does get his first goal for D.C. Nice to see D.C. keep fighting, even though they've been long eliminated from the playoffs. And finally, LAFC gets back on track with a 3-1 victory, bit of a revenge game, against Houston. Let's look at a few comments. Angus McCorder says, Chicago blew it. They lost three fast goals. Yeah, and you know, I was just mentioning, Angus, that I thought the defense actually played okay throughout the course of the season. I think they started on, like, some. they were on pace, like, through the first third of the season to have one of the lowest goals against averages or something like that in league history. You know, they were playing, like, zero, zero draws for much of the beginning of the season. And then it just kind of fell apart after uh, Olmsberg goes down. Tehran takes some time to get back into shape. Chihos is in and out of the lineup. So if healthy, I think their center backs are okay. And then it's just a matter of getting your defensive midfielders in position and making sure your wingers aren't caught in the attacking third. So it'll be interesting to see if Chicago actually signs defense, which I think they will because – you think your offense is going to be okay with Chris Mueller, Jairo Torres, Brian Gutierrez, Jordan Shakiri, John Duran, and possibly John Espinoza. So we'll, we'll, they're going to focus on defense, I would bet, but they need depth regardless of where they're at. Uh, as Connor says, Shakiri only signed with the fire so he can get minutes before the World Cup with Switzerland. Yep. So did Christian Bale. Or, yeah, so did Gareth Bale, Christian Bale. Wow, that was a faux pas. Sorry about that one, guys. Gareth Bale did too. So on, on the one sense... That's fine. Let them come over. Let them use their talent here, and let's take advantage of it as Chicago Fire and as MLS fans. But Shakiri, for his price tag and for his fragility and his just willingness to come out of games, I think he's gotten a lot of Chicago fans really upset. Like Chicago fans want those tough, gritty, blue-collar, play-through injury types of players, not just in, in their soccer, but in all sports. And Shakiri's just not meeting that standard. Yeah, he's got other priorities, but you know, uh, it's hard to say. Then why did we sign him, right? He's clearly on a talent level one of the best players to ever come to MLS, third highest 
player in MLS history as far as transfer fee or pay goes or something like that. I forget exactly. But you'd still expect him to play well and to play in these games. And if he wants to get ready for, for the World Cup, shouldn't be taking himself out of matches. And then Brother BKL jumps in. Columbus got rubbed by Portland. Sorry, you go back a line. Yep, that is right. Columbus has now dropped below that line. So a couple other takeaways. Um, as I mentioned, Atlanta is actually looking like a team that wants to make the playoffs, where you got a few other Eastern Conference teams that don't seem to want to grab it. They've gone two wins, a draw, and a loss in September, and their remaining games are at New England and against New York City. A couple of very winnable games for the five stripes. They could push themselves into that seventh spot assuming they win those last two and get a little help from the crew or Miami or if Cincy somehow absolutely implode, and then maybe Atlanta can sneak in. Uh, we're going to take a look at the numbers, but the website 538, the statistics and predictions website, has Atlanta with a 7% chance to get in right now, but the crew have 45%, Miami have 59%, and Cincinnati has a nice 94% chance. Now, uh, we also mentioned about Orlando's offense coming back. That was nice to see from a uh, Orlando's fans' perspective. And now a couple Western Conference takeaways before we get into our halftime break. Uh, Vancouver and Kansas City have, have really been playing spoiler. They do not want the wooden spoon. They want to go out with some pride. They want to go out making some noise. They have taken points now from the Galaxy, the Sounders, and Minnesota – and if the season win another 10 games, hey, maybe they would contend for a playoff spot, right? It's the old Vince Lombardi. I've never lost. I just ran out of time. Kansas City's never missed, missed the playoffs. They just ran out of games, right? Same thing with Vancouver this year. LAFC and Austin, though, remain the favorites in the Western Conference. Dallas and Nashville might have a shout to get into that favorite conversation, but those two teams rely too much on one player that it's to carry them through the playoffs would be a big ask, right? Uh, Nashville relying on Mutar, Dallas relying on Ferreira. No one else, no other team, I should say, has convinced me that they can really step up to on a team wide level contend with LAFC or Austin. Now, we are going to take a quick sponsor break. And then we will be back in the second half to look at the potential playoff matchups, look at a few odds on 538's website, and uh, also just take a few questions and comments. Now, if you're listening to us on the podcast, make sure you jump on over on YouTube, find us, like the video, subscribe to the channel. And if you're listening to us on YouTube and want tuning in, subscribe to us on your podcast, get the great content from John Donovan, an ardent fire supporter, knowledgeable man of the game who... If you guys didn't know, played professionally at one point in his own life. So he's got some good commentary regarding the Chicago Fire. So make sure you check that out. And we will be back on the YouTube side in about 30 seconds or so. Thank you. This MLS Weekly Recap is sponsored by Skira, Icelandic spring water, available at your local 7-Eleven. Icelandic for clear, Skira water comes from a spring in a nature preserve in Iceland with naturally low mineral content. This isn't your average water. Clearly, yes, pun intended, it's one of the best. Get some Skira today at your local 7-Eleven. And now it's time for our weekly Chicago Fire Update brought to you by John Donovan. Take it away, John. Nick, John Donovan here coming the covering the MLS and the Chicago Fire. What a game, Nick. I 
you know, if I had much hair, I'd tear it out, to tell you the truth. The, uh, the fire, the fire, the fire. You know, I, they just can't sustain a game, Nick. It's, uh, it's very hard to be um, a full-time fan of the fire. I know I'm going to do a program at the end of this, uh, of this season, just what Joe Monsueto should do. But right now, the fire are just a mess. Um, they, they have about half of a DP playing, and the rest is just a disaster, Nick. They played Charlotte, and they lost the game 3-2, to two, Nick, to make it real simple. They went into the, the half winning 2 to nothing, 2 to nothing. You'd think that that would, with the experience that they've had, that they would play these games out. Well, they didn't. Um, Pineda scored. He's my man of the year on, on this squad. He can play any spot. Um, he's a heck of a midfielder. He shot a beautiful left-footed shot, which is not as natural. Shot at 238 of the first half. He put him up. It was a sort of a struggling shot. It made its way through a lot of people and hit the uh, left corner. Nice shot. And then later on, just before the end of the half, I'm sorry, at the 38th minute, our boy uh, Duran scored um, a really nice shot. You know, he was all over the field. I, I just wish that he wouldn't go down so quick and so often. I mean, it's someday these referees are just going to let him lay there hurt because he pops back up after a, a delay in play and he's ready to go. So, you know, they went in the half uh, winning two zip um, and, and they look fairly well. Um, I was pleased to see Burks finally getting a, a starting spot. Tehran was out because of accumulation of yellow cards. But Burks had a terrible second half, just a terrible second half. He had to guard Swardowski, who is on the Polish World Cup team. And the guy is great. So the team was down 2 nothing in the Charlotte squad. And in the 68, well, in the a little bit early, that Ray House, he came in and beat Burks on a play um, that should have never happened. The ball was played over Navarro's head. It looked like he was going out. The Charlotte player played it right to the line. Novato stopped. The ball was played back to um, uh, Burke's guy, Rahals, and they scored. I mean, it, it just happened like bing, bang. And you could see that, I mean, that they had lost the belt. The fire was not in the belly anymore, the fire. Can you imagine that? They're still uh, playoff bound, and... Uh, they, uh, Burks just lost this guy over his shoulder and he scored. Well, then the 68th minute, um, Swarderski scored. And when you're up a fullback, you got to know what is one guy's strength foot, which, which side he shoots on strong, and Burks just didn't know that. So the 68th minute, he scored. And then um, there was seven minutes of overtime, seven long minutes and Swarderski scored on a back-and-forth shot. Uh, I think uh, Slonina had make an, made a save. It bounced back, and ultimately Swarderski scored to make it a 3-2 uh, game. So the second time this has happened this, this season against Columbus, Diaz and the crew came out and just whooped on, on Navarro, and this basically happened again. I, I have to say it probably would have been a tie game, if Tehran had been playing, um, Burks is just not there. He's not MLS quality. He, I hate to say that about a young man, but uh, 
you know, they say he went over to the championship league after this, after his college experience and Nottingham Forest was going to make an offer, but they didn't. And he came over to the fire. I don't know whether they should bring him back next year. Maybe you learn by mistakes, but um, this game uh, between Navarro and him, they really screwed up the game. You know, so that it, what really scratches my head, and I, I know it was the announcers too, they're down three to two. And um, Ezra subs out Shakiri, and he subs out Duran and puts in Bezerra and he puts in Reynolds for Shakiri. And, you know, that's supposed to bring him back. You know, he said, oh, Shakiri was hurt, the, the pull on the back of his leg. You're paying this man $8.2 million to keep this team in contention. And he, you know, I noted down in the 28th minute, he wasn't doing much, which normally means he's walking. Um, so, you know, what in the earth is happening with the Chicago Fire? These other expansion teams are whooping them. Charlotte's an expansion team. They're a better team. They're coached better. Um, there's better control on the field. You know, when the Fire have uh, a penalty, they all group around. They're yelling and screaming at the ref. There's no room in this league. Refs don't change opinions. And it seems like there's at least four games that the Fire have lost this season because of cards, us playing a man down, and Ezra can't control that. No, you know, that is, to me, inexcusable. I mean, if there's anything that a coach should do, he should be able to control the uh, what the temperament of the players on the field, and, and Ezra just doesn't seem to be able to do it. But we'll talk about that again. So the Fire are officially out of the playoffs um, they play Cincinnati this coming week. Uh, maybe they'll beat Cincinnati because Cincinnati's in the playoffs. Um, they uh, And then they close out against New England, which New England is not going to make the playoffs either. They, pl they played their last game at Soldier Field, so they played their, la their last game at Soldier Field was against Charlotte. They play uh, New England at the uh, incredibly bad old Toyota Park. The field is, is really mush. So let's see what will happen, Nick. It, uh, you know, this team, even when they're winning, they're losing. It's just, um, you know, there, there's no, it's not good management and it's not good MLS players on the field. So we'll see you next week. Take care, Nick. Thanks for that Chicago Fire update, John. We'll talk to you next week. Oh, my gosh. As we're getting... Some oh my goodness, guys! I had been muted for that long. My apologies. Maybe you could make up some of uh, <laughs> some conversation. Oh man, I was so into it. My apologies. That must be one of the uh, biggest faux pas that I have had. That I've been muted for about five minutes. We've been doing this podcast for five years. We've been doing YouTube for two to three years. And oh my goodness, I don't think I've ever done anything like that. For those of you on the podcast who are still listening when we publish this, I'm going to see if I can't edit out some of that silence. But holy cow, guys, I, sh I, I was on a roll and I have four different screens up. And uh, wow, that's why I missed the comments. But thank you all for jumping, jumping in the chat, trying to flag me down somehow virtually. Uh, that was a big one. That was a big one, guys. My apologies. Wow. Wow. Anyway, so pretty much what I was saying, 
<laughs> as you guys could have seen, was it looks like Columbus has the hardest work to do as far as the numbers go. Uh, Percentage-wise, it looks like Real Salt Lake is going to be on the outside looking in for the Western Conference based on the percentages. Um, my dream matchup for the MLS Cup, Philly LAFC, they're the two heavy favorites. No one has more than a 9% chance to win the MLS Cup uh, other than those two teams. Can't wait to see it. Two different ways to build a roster through big signings, uh, as well as through, you know, on LAFC side, as well as through Academy key signings, maybe some underrated players, but have great numbers, a little bit ish of a money ball, money ball ish perspective um, for, for Philadelphia. And uh, that's kind of what I'm looking at. So anyway, getting back to the playoff message uh, matchups here. Oh, yeah. Thanks. And Mike was even calling me on my cell phone to tell me what was going on. And uh, of course, you know, I keep my cell phone far away when I'm doing the show because the last thing I need is for the buzzers to keep going off. Anyway, let's look at the matchups here, guys. I appreciate you hanging with me. This is the kind of fun stuff you only get on live YouTube sports chats here, right? So let's take a look at the Western Conference here. We've already got LAFC up here with the bye. If the playoffs were to start today, it would be Nashville and Portland in the 4-5 matchup and Dallas-Minnesota in the 3-6 matchup. Austin-Galaxy in the 2-7 matchup. Now, what do you guys think about this in the Western Conference? Because we've seen these uh, lower half of the playoff teams like Minnesota, like the Galaxy, like Portland, have some great games and some good run of form and then also lay some stinkers, right? Like, I don't know how we can pick the Galaxy over Austin. So I'm going to pencil in Austin right now as advancing. And I don't know how we could pick most teams over Austin right now. But do you think Minnesota would have a chance against Dallas? Do you think Portland would have a chance against Nashville? I'm not I'm not sure. I don't I don't know how these games would play out. This is the fun of it, right? Honestly, though, looking at it right now, if I had to make my picks, I'd be going chalk. I would be taking Austin over the Galaxy in their first game. And then over Dallas in the second game. Nashville to win over Portland. LAFC to defeat Nashville. And then have that LAFC-Austin semifinal matchup. Going chalk. That's what would be my take. Now in the Eastern Conference, we've got Philly with the first round bye. New York City, Orlando City in the 4-5 matchup. And I love that. I hope that sticks. I hope there's a New York City-Orlando City matchup in the playoffs. If not in the first round, then somewhere along the lines because... Well, not to knock out my dream matchup of Philly and LAFC, never mind. But I would love to see this first round matchup here because New York City and Orlando City are starting to really build up some history in the postseason. And I want to see kind of this East Coast, Eastern Conference budding rivalry, right? The, the, the city of New York, the scenery of Orlando, and just have that matchup on the field. I, I'd love to see it. And we can't forget, who is it? Um Gosh, I'm blanking on the Orlando City field player's name who came in in a penalty shootout a couple seasons ago against New York City as well. Was it was it Schmeichel, I think? Uh, I forget. And somehow came up with a couple stops, right? Love to see that matchup and that rivalry continue. Then looking at the 3-6 matchup, you've got Red Bull and Cincinnati. And in the 2-7 matchup, Montreal and Miami. So I would take... Again, these are tough picks because of Miami's recent form as well as Montreal's ability just to keep winning games somehow. 
Um, I would take Montreal to beat Miami as, as it stood today, though I think it would be another three to two kind of a game. And man, I'm going to take Red Bull over Cincinnati because not so much because I have faith in their press or in their talent, but I think there is a little bit of Cincinnati, you know, coming, finally making the playoffs and they'll take their foot off the gas a little bit. Meanwhile, Red, meanwhile, Red Bull is really, really trying to get rid of that. We're good in the regular season and we flame out of the playoffs type of thing. And I think this year they just might have the players to do it. And I think Caden Clark wants to go out with a good run of form coming off of that. I'll pencil in Red Bull for the conference finals here against, uh, against Philadelphia. I think New York city wins their matchup against Orlando and then Philly defeats the citizens and then ends up beating Red Bull in the conference finals. And we get our LAFC Philly matchup. I don't think I'm going to predict anyone right there. I think we'll save the final predictions for the next week here. But that is what I am looking at here in the playoffs. We got some great comments who have jumped in, you know, not just telling me that that my mic has been on mute for about five minutes. But Brother BKL says, we seriously play Orlando at Yankee Stadium, just like the 2018 rematch of the first round. That's what I was thinking of, that 2018 game. That would be awesome to see. Angus McCorder says, Portland has picked it up lately. I have Nashville beating them. Ooh, our, or I think Nashville, NSC beats them. I think Nashville beats them. Yeah, uh, I'm with you on the Nashville pick. Uh, Portland has been playing very well. They've been getting their results. They've jumped up to that five spot. Portland, they know how to play in the playoffs. They definitely have the experience, not just with Savarisi, but some of their veteran players. Uh, I, I just don't think they're better than Hani Mukhtar right now. And I said one player won't carry a team through the playoffs, but I think he can win that first-round matchup, especially if it's in Nashville. Now, they've still got some work to do, uh, the guys from Nashville, to, to keep that four spot and to keep that home game, but I think it definitely favors them. Brother BKL also, Maxi, they got, that's right, NYCFC's got Maxi Morales, the maestro in the middle, pulling the strings for all things NYC. And with when he's on the squad, any anything could happen there, right? So, guys, tonight, just a quick episode getting everyone caught up with all the playoff action. I want to thank everyone for jumping in the chat, for listening to the podcast, uh, for subscribing, for liking, for clicking an ad, for sending super chats and super thanks, for considering a sponsorship. Reach out to us at SOP Soccer on Twitter and Sons of a Pitch Soccer at gmail.com. And if you want to talk in a little bit more detail, we're more than happy to discuss it. Uh, we've got our picks and predictions video coming out Wednesday night, so be on the lookout for that. Make sure you jump in the comments there. Let us know what your strategies are and what you're looking for when you are picking teams in MLS. And uh, keep in touch. Enjoy the matches. And my friends, it has been another wonderful week in MLS. I want to thank everyone who's jumped in the chat. Hani Mukhtar edits, Angus McCorder, Brother BKL, TSI, East Super 1, who can read lips. East Super 1, you're more talented than I will ever be. So thanks for jumping in. Fallen Hero, the base legend, thank you. And for uh, reminding me that I was on mute. Uh, as well as Connor Knows Soccer. Follow him for all of his crew coverage and commiserate with him on all of his crew coverage. But we appreciate each and every one of you as we do each and every week. And for that, my friends, we will see you 
next week. Hey, soccer fans, it's Nick again for Sons of a Pitch Soccer Central with our regular post credit scene where I share a little bit of my soccer collection. And uh, I think it was time to pull out a few of my like Greece replica, like alternate knockoff jerseys after hearing Jaimes Rodriguez and Marcelo are signing with Olympiacos over in the Greek League. So I've got my very generic Olympiacos jersey here supporting the team in red. Um, it, if you're a Greek soccer fan, you know Olympiakos. They, they've been regulars in the European Champions League. I don't think Greece gets their automatic bids anymore, the way they've restructured it and the way that league has kind of fallen. Um, also, I've got my great Panathinaikos kind of T-shirt jersey here. This goes out to my brother-in-law, the Panathinaikos fan. And uh, if you can't see it, there's actually a like a shamrock in the middle there, a clover there. And to be on a Greek soccer team's crest go look it up it's a really interesting story i'd tell you but i know i'd mess it up anyway want to say thanks once again we appreciate you listening and tuning in and thanks for sharing a little bit of my own soccer fandom as well take care everyone